Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Okay, there you go. We are uh, live and in living color here in the beautiful city of Seattle, where there is actually sunlight outside. If you can imagine that actual beautiful sunlight as, uh, well, let's see, we are now having uh, sundown after five o'clock and sun up before eight o'clock. So that is a beautiful thing. Welcome to Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. Every week we meet here at eight o'clock and uh, talk about stuff automotive, uh, what you're driving, what you want to drive, what you have driven, what you'd li- what you uh, like to look at. So many different uh, topics that we hit on this show. We also give you every week a cartoon, uh, which is our Saturday morning cartoon, a piece of music that's written uh, about or uh, by a car enthusiast or about cars or motorcycles or whatever. We'll have that a little later for you. Neil Young will be our artist this morning. And uh, we will also take a look at uh, our road test. One that I have was just, uh, I mean, you couldn't get me out of this thing, the Ford Maverick pickup truck, which by the way, Ford earlier this week, sent a memo to their dealer saying we're, we're, we're stopping production. We can't, we can't fulfill the orders that we have for these trucks. That's how popular they are. Uh, it is uh, probably the most popular truck debut in years. Meanwhile, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Tesla announced uh, this week that the Cybertruck, and uh, not until, wait a while for that. We have other things we're thinking about. We're, we're too busy launching vehicles into space to think about uh, the truck that we took your money for that we uh, took your deposit for, uh, that we, uh, you know, that we said this, this weird looking little truck. And for my money, be honest with you, if they never make that ugly looking thing, it's okay with me. I mean, I know it's radical and different design, but it's too, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't do much for me, but I don't know. You know, there's Tesla people out there that are like, it's like a church, you know, they uh, worship at the uh, altar of uh, Musk, which I guess probably smells pretty good if nothing else. Um, but Tesla announcing that uh, that and one of their other cars will not uh, not going to see the light of day for at least another year, maybe even more. So that 2022, uh, if if you cleaned out that space in your garage for that 2022 Cybertruck, uh, you might want to think about putting something else in there until that Cybertruck comes uh, out of an assembly line. And we see that because I don't know that we're going to see that uh, anytime. Uh, soon. Thank you again to the people at uh, Shoreline Cars and Coffee. We were out there last weekend. I don't know if you saw the show. If not, it's on YouTube. It's on uh, Facebook here. And of course, our podcast. Uh, Great group of people. It was great to have Lance on the show with us uh, to talk about uh, classic cars and the car show circuit this upcoming uh, year uh, with COVID uh, hopefully subsiding. Uh, here in Washington. I mean, it hasn't yet, but with COVID hopefully subsiding and more people getting vaccinated, uh, maybe we'll be able to have a a car show season where we get close enough to each other to talk. Uh, And, uh, but it was a great event. If you want to see some, some just absolutely groovy cars this morning, head on down there. It's right at uh, where the central market is and you know, you split off to go to Ballard off of uh, Highway 99 off Aurora Avenue. I think it's 170 something street. Uh, but it, it's it's just, um, it's a gathering of car people. You know, a gathering of people that love cars. They love to look at them. They love to see the old ones. They love the new ones too. I mean, there were people there with, uh, you know, Hondas and, and uh, different great cars. Uh, that are considered hot rods now um, show up there as well. So you have a nice variety of different vehicles that are there for you to look at and talk to the owners about. Maybe, sorry, I got a new chair here and it's, I have, I still have to get my butt kind of, you know, situated in the chair, but it's a great place for people who want to learn about the sports, uh, about the uh, hobby. It's a great place to take your kids 
uh, if they want to learn about cars. And, you know, I suspect that uh, I, I didn't see any electric cars there, but I'm thinking uh, somewhere sometime pretty soon, uh, you will see, um, a, you know, electric cars showing up at these things too. And it's just a good place to go on a Saturday morning, talk to people. We need more events where people get together and, and, and don't talk politics. Don't worry, this guy's of that, this guy's of this. Just talk about something that, uh, that has nothing to do with politics. Stay away from it, you know, just, just meet each other on the terms of the activity that you're doing. Just a, a little preachy there for you. By the way, did you happen to see the action in Pittsburgh yesterday? Um, a, a bridge in Frick Park, and not that old of a bridge, but a bridge in Frick Park, which is Seattle's, uh, excuse me, uh, Pittsburgh's largest park, um, collapsed with a bus and uh, a number of cars on it. Ten people were injured. Thank God nobody was killed. Uh, they, uh, the first responders, uh, congratulations to them, uh, did what they do, and that is drop down into the, uh, into the twisted mess that was the collapsed bridge and pull the people out, out of the bus and out of their cars that were on the bridge. And it happened at quarter to seven in the morning. And I happened to know that roadway and that intersection. It goes over Fern Gully um, in Frick Park. And thank God that it wasn't a little while later, 15, 20 minutes later, because cars line, it's, it's a major shortcut to get to, to Squirrel Hill, which is a section of Pittsburgh, and to downtown Pittsburgh along Forbes Avenue. And it would have been, uh, it was a disaster anyway, but it really would have been an incredible disaster uh, of, uh, resulting in death and, and much more injury uh, had it happened a little bit later. But it didn't, thank God. that. And the odd thing about it was uh, that President Biden was scheduled to visit there in, I don't know, three or four hours after it happened. And I guess once they found out that nobody was uh, seriously injured, uh, that nobody had died, the president went ahead and went to Pittsburgh and actually went and visited uh, the first responders and the site where everything happened. And yeah, did it play into his, um, his idea of build back better? Yeah, but you know what? The guy is right. We need to build, I mean, we need to address the number of bridges, the number of tunnels, the number of different things that we drive. I mean, we've seen it here, right? I mean, there's been bridge collapses up on I-5. There's been, uh, you know, any number of infrastructure problems here. And those problems need to be addressed for our safety. You can't have people not feeling comfortable going over bridges. They're going, to, they're going to collapse. You can't have that. And I'm not talking about just the main big bridges, but I'm, I'm talking about these, you know, small bridges that go in a neighborhood, that go over a gully or these small bridges. I mean, these all need, need to be looked at and to be upgraded and to be fixed. And I know it's going to be a huge bill, but, I, you know, we have to invest in this infrastructure, not just for us, but for our kids. You don't want your, your, long after you're gone, your kid to be going over some bridge and the thing collapses. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's not a political thing. It's just a, just a fact of life that these uh, structures that we have built in this country, and you know, I always contend that Pittsburgh and Seattle are two very similar cities. There's uh, the, the topography is uh, somewhat similar. The, uh, they're a city of bridges. I think Pittsburgh has the most bridges of any city. Uh, and, uh, you know, Seattle has a ton of drawbridges, different bridges uh, that, you know, you have to go through town to get places. Same thing with Seattle. So there's, there's a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of similarity between the two. And I hope that uh, 
our leaders or the people that are in charge of these things take a look at what happened in Pittsburgh uh, yesterday and say, you know, we, we need to uh, we need to do better here. We need to make sure that these bridges are okay. We need to make sure that they uh, withstand earthquakes. We need to make sure that they're just not going to fall down. And I don't know how exactly you determine that or how much money it's going to take, but it's got to be done. There's no uh, if, ands, or buts about it. It's got to happen. Uh, you can't uh, have a situation where people, again, are afraid to drive over a bridge. That's part of what the government's supposed to give you, that security. Uh, Toyota this week made some news as uh, they came out with their new 2023 Sequoia, which is their big SUV. I don't know the last time I, I, I've seen one. It's been two years since I've driven one. Uh, but it is a radically redesigned. It is a huge machine. I mean, this thing is just honking big. And um, you can see the picture there. I mean, it's, uh, it is mini, beefy, big, and bouncy. And in a time when uh, people are looking for maybe something a little bit smaller, uh, the Sequoia makes no uh, bones about it being uh, big. And, uh, you know, the big pop of the show stopped 437 horsepower, 583 pound feet of torque um, out of the uh, V6 iForce Max powertrain. It has, uh, you know, the, the V6, a motor in between a tranny and the engine to help things along. And then the, the transmission, I think they put the eight speed in that thing. And it's um, just absolutely a monster truck. It'll tow up to 9,000 pounds. It'll seat. Uh, it's a three row SUV and three will fit in there. So you had two, three, and three will fit in there comfortably. And as I said, I drove one on uh, the year before last and they don't change much. This is a huge change for the Sequoia. As a matter of fact, I'm a little shocked that they even continue to build this uh, vehicle because you don't see a lot of them out there. For some reason, uh, when, he, when people go and buy these vehicles, they buy Ford, they buy Chevy. And, um, you know, now uh, people are starting to buy, you know, now that Kia's come out with a full size, a big full size in Hyundai, uh, they look at those, uh, some Nissan, you see, but you don't see a ton of these uh, because Ford and Chevy seem to have the market cornered on this. But yet, when I drove the Sequoia, I thought it was uh, a, an excellent vehicle. It gave you power. It, it was luxurious inside. And uh, it, I'm sorry, it's the 10-speed that goes in uh, the Sequoia, not the 8-speed. Uh, and again, uh, you can get it in two-wheel drive. It has a bunch of grades. You can build this thing almost any way you want to. And it is uh, a honking big vehicle. And, uh, you know, uh, body-on-frame uses the uh, Tundra uh, uh, frame and uh, everything. And it, uh, again, full-size SUVs have to do a lot of work. I mean, they have to be family haulers. You got to take the kids to school. And you got to be able to tow your boat, your trailer, well, you know, your, whatever you put on the back of this thing. And, and the Sequoia looks like it'll do it. They have a new thing called drive mode select that they're uh, putting in this thing, which will adjust the engine and the torque and everything else to what, what you're doing. And uh, again, it'll, I'll be very, very interested in getting my hands on one of these. Uh, I loved the one that I drove. Again, I wondered, you know, who's buying it, but I loved the one I drove. And that, uh, that to me was, uh, was excellent. Uh, you know, an excellent uh, full-size truck. Now, J.D. Power is out with a survey um, about electric vehicles. We often talk about electric vehicles on this show. And the, uh, there's more electric. It'll make your head swim. How many electric vehicles you're going to see this year? I mean, really, I hope they get this, this building, this infrastructure to charge these things going and going quick because people are buying them. I mean, you, you, you can't buy a Mustang. You can't buy a, a um, 
the uh, Kona, the Hyundai Kona. I mean, they're almost impossible to get. Uh, the Mustang, like I said, the Mustang, uh, all of these electric vehicles, people are snapping them up. High end, low end, whatever end it is, people are snapping them up. Now, um, sat satisfaction among first-time battery electric vehicle owners, very high on service experience, very high on uh, driving enjoyment, very high on styling. And the people that are in their second uh, battery electric vehicles um, are doing uh, a little bit better in these things because they have experience with how far it'll go, what the capabilities are, what it will do, and what it won't do, battery range, so on and so forth. Right now, you know, you're probably looking at, at, at realistically, 250 to 300 on most of these electric vehicles. Some of them are saying, well, you know, we can get it up to 400. Uh, 500 electric pickup trucks are coming. And um, the range satisfaction, they're saying, is the key purchase reason. Uh, as they improve the premium mass market segments, 86 and 87% of buyers, the first thing they're thinking about is how far can I get in this car without having to charge without having to, uh, you know, can I get here and there now, considering that the average commute is, you know, 20 miles a day, uh, one way, you know, 40 back and forth, you know, uh, I don't know why people worry about that so much, but I understand it. You want to take the car on a long trip. You know, you want to, you want a, you want a reliable vehicle that will get you back and forth. Uh, quality is good. The only problem on these cars is, uh, is the infotainment systems. They seem to really, uh, for some reason, uh, they can't get it right. It's very important on these cars because basically you're driving a big notebook computer. And if you can't get the, um, you know, the, the, the vehicles to work right, from the control panel, I mean, that's going to uh, sully your experience with that vehicle. And, and of course, you're going to blame it on the, uh, the SUV, right? Uh, the, um, uh, the electric vehicle, right? The, oh, my gas car didn't ever do it, didn't, never did this. My, my uh, internal combustion car never did this when, it, when they probably did. Um, all right, the overall customer satisfaction index ranking, Tesla Model 3 came in first. The Tesla Model Y came in second. Uh, the Tesla Model S came in third. And the Audi e-tron came in fourth among, among premium vehicles, among mass market vehicles. Number one was the Kia Nero EV. The Ford Mustang Mach-E was second. They were above average. Uh, the Nissan Leaf the Hyundai Kona, the um, Volkswagen ID4, and the Chevrolet Bolt all came in below average with uh, the Nissan Leaf leading the pack of below average. The Bolt was in last place, and it's understandable because uh, when you have a car that could catch on fire, people tend to be a little leery about that. So that's one of the things you have to, uh, you have to take in. But a good survey by J.D. Power, you can find more about that if you go to J.D. Power's website. And uh, they have uh, tons of fantastic information about a vehicle. If you want to buy a vehicle, there's where you can go to do a lot of your research because they survey people that have bought these vehicles. So it's not me telling you the vehicle is good. It's not, uh, you know, um, Brian Cooley, let's say, from CNET telling you the vehicle is good, although I would rely on our information. But... We don't, uh, part, of, part of the failing in our job, I guess, is that we don't tell you, uh, for the most part, how these vehicles can fare down the road. We can tell you what we think potential problems might be, but we're looking at new vehicles that are, now every once in a while, we do a thing like this, where we say, okay, these are the vehicles that are most reliable, these are the vehicles, but most of these Things are done by uh, these companies that study this kind of stuff. 
Consumer Reports uh, has a huge, uh, I mean, I mean, I would not buy a new car without picking up a Consumer Reports magazine and looking at their car ratings and seeing just exactly where they're going and, and what they say after a year of ownership or after six months of ownership, what the problems are. I, I, I wouldn't do it. I would, I would re- totally rely on them to, uh, you, you know, or uh, again, a JD power experience study to understand what people, I mean, you can also go online is, you know, uh, there's so many ways to research it these days. But I would definitely not just go buy a car uh, without researching what the future reliability of that car is. The great thing is with electric vehicles, uh, I think the reliability factor is going to be really good because there's less stuff to go wrong. I mean, you got a battery, you got wheels, you know, I mean, unless a bearing breaks or something like that, or uh, a cell goes dead, there's just less to go. You're not generators and alternators. And, um, you know, uh, you have less moving parts than an internal combustion engine. And you don't do oil changes. You don't do uh, uh, other maintenance that you have to do on uh, an internal combustion engine vehicle. So, you know, I mean, it's, it, uh, it lessens the factor, easier to maintain, easier to, uh, you know, the day-to-day operation, probably more expensive when something goes wrong, though, I would, I would think. All right, let's bring in our good friend and our producer and the man who makes this show work as well as it does under any conditions. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Vinny, and happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you, too. How are you, Pally? Doing excellent. A little bit of a hike this morning since the building's power is going maintenance, so I had to take the stairs up several floors, but happy to oh. be here and already got my exercise for today. Well, that's that's good. I mean, yeah, good thing I wasn't coming over. I, I never made it. I had done the show from the car. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to climb, that's for sure. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not a good climber, pal. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a... My climbing days uh, of going up eight stories, not that they're done because you never know what the uh, emergency is going to be, but, uh, but good Lord, you really got to, uh, you, you know, you, you, to move this, uh, to move this thing up, this body up a, a flight of stairs is a project. So I'm, uh, I'm very glad that uh, you're young and spry and able to make it up quickly. It's a good thing we have uh, cars. It's just no cars can climb stairs yet. Yeah, well, let's see. Well, you, you know, you got some of those half tracks you can go up some stairs. You there have you a, a bunch of other Maybe a Ford cars. Bronco can take you up some. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that the Ford Bronco can go up. Uh, uh, you know, that's some test I haven't seen anybody do yet. So that might be an interesting one to, uh, you know, get one of the, you know, one of those, uh, uh, building, you know, the uh, old style buildings with the big stairs to go up the front. See if you can just drive a Bronco up the, could be a very interesting, uh, interesting look, interesting ride, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you have a, um, do you have a question that you wanted to ask me this morning? Whoa, that was weird. <laughs> Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? I've <laughs> never heard what that one before. <laughs> Was that the equivalent of, of an um, electronic burp? <laughs> like I said, the power is out here. We might be having some weird yeah. glitches happening. Yeah, blame it on the power. That's like everybody blaming everything on COVID these days. You know, what happened? How come my packaging game? Oh, COVID, man. Don't, you know, don't worry about it. Meanwhile, the thing's been sitting in the back of the guy's car for three weeks. Uh, all right. The uh, well, What am I driving this week? I'm driving a good one this week. I really enjoy... Uh, this vehicle of the Kia, the 2022 Kia K5 GT is um, a family design, uh, a, a designed by Kia to be a family sedan. But man, this thing is is rocking. Uh, it is, uh, it's the GT line. So it really gives you, um, you know, that extra added, uh, the wheels and uh, the, the, the bigger engine, uh, and uh, you know, it, it puts you into uh, almost 300 horsepower 
all-wheel drive um, vehicle. Now, it used to be the Kia Optima in years gone by. It's not going to, you know, this is a car that's going to stand on its own. When you look at its competition, you know, the Honda Accord rules this uh, category, but it's got, but the Kia uh, K5 make, makes it interesting to take a look at when you're going out to buy a Honda Accord, if you don't have that same money to spend, if you don't have, if you want something that's different than everybody else is driving. Well, and the K5, which, uh, you know, matches up with the Sonata, makes a pretty good deal, whether you're looking for GT line uh, or not. I mean, these things start at 24,000 bucks. It's roomy inside. It sits on that same platform that the Sonata does. And you know how much I love the Sonata. So the, uh, the, the GT, uh, really the K5 GT, um, will spin the tires, you know, we'll give you a little, uh, um, a little more oomph, uh, your son or daughter will want to drive it to Dick's to, uh, pick up a couple of hamburgers every Friday and Saturday night. Um, it's impressive. It really is. Uh, and again, this is a car that if you want a family car, but yet you, you're, uh, you know, you're a causing coffee kind of guy, you're a, you know, a woman, and you enjoy driving. Uh, it, this, is a, this is a nice option. This is a very nice option for you. So I haven't taken it on a long trip yet. We're going to uh, take it up to the uh, test course this morning after the show and get a better feel of its driving dynamics. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, for... You know, for, you know, the GT comes in around 32,000 bucks somewhere in that um, range. Nice styling elements, different stuff, wireless charging on the interior and uh, all of the stuff that uh, Kia is famous for, uh, the LED headlights, the heated steering wheel, uh, the panoramic sunroof, the 360-degree camera system the folding exterior mirrors, the front parking says all that stuff is there, but they also build in some excitement in this car. And it's a car that people look at, especially if you wind up going to, you know, like a cars and coffee or, um, you know, a Dick's driving on Friday or Saturday night. It's a car you can show off. So that's the Kia GT K5 GT used to be the Optima. Now it's the K5. Very exciting car. Um, and I'm uh, really excited to uh, to drive it. There you see the, the, the beauty shot of it. Great lines on this car, too. Look at that. Uh, look at the way it just, it, it, it looks like, um, like poetry in motion. All right, coming up, we've got the cartoon for you. Uh, we will also spend some time talking about uh, the auctions in Arizona, which are in full tilt boogie right now. Uh, so you can... Uh, I don't know, you turn them on TV, you watch them and you go, oh my God, how much? I had one of those, I sold it for $50. I think it's the, you know, the, the biggest line that we hear now when a guy buys a you know, 64 Chevy Malibu SS for uh, you know, 85,000 and you go, oh, I had one of those in the garage. I sold it for a hundred bucks to Clemmy down the block. Clemmy, can I have my car back? All right, Strap Time Radio, I'm New York Vinny and this is 1150 KKNW. If you're searching for that perfect gift for the college-bound kid in your life, the Car Care Council suggests putting together a roadside emergency kit. An inexpensive roadside kit is easy to assemble and could be extremely useful, maybe even a lifesaver in the event of an emergency. Of course, it's always a good idea to be prepared for the unexpected while on the road, but the best option is to avoid breakdowns and car trouble wherever possible. Performing basic maintenance and observing a regular service schedule can help avoid unforeseen road emergencies. Roadside emergency items can fit into a small duffel bag or rubber storage tote and include the following. Jumper cables, emergency flares, flashlight and batteries, blankets and extra clothes, non-perishable snacks and bottled water, first aid kit including essential medications, portable USB charger to keep the cell phone running even if the car isn't, ice scraper, snow brush, and small shovel for winter driving. And finally, keep a copy of the Car Care Guide available free of charge at carcare.org. 
Visit the Car Care Council's website to access a number of tips and resources for vehicle maintenance, including a free custom service schedule. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I got lucky this week. I walked into a store. I'm a big root beer fan. I love root beer. Preferably, uh, you know, the old A&W uh, that comes out of the, the, the tap or the Stewart's root beer that stands back in, uh, back in New Jersey. But the best diet root beer that I have found is uh, the dad's old-fashioned root beer. And I don't know if you can see this. I'll hold it up to the camera. I don't think so. We're virtual background. And, uh, but, oh, yeah, you can do it if I hold it back. Anyway, the dad's root beer, uh, I walked into, uh, what is it? Uh, 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 big Lots. Buck a bottle, man. Big uh, 33.8 fluid ounce bottle of dad's root beer. And I, I, I think I bought 24 of them at a buck a bottle. Why not? Um, just in case they don't have it anymore, but I, I haven't seen it anywhere out here. It's uh, an East coast thing, but man, oh man, I saw it in that, uh, in, in that, the, the big lots and had to grab, uh, had to grab some and it's good, man. I, you know, you take that and a little bit of, uh, vanilla diet uh, sugar-free ice cream and put them in a in a, in a big glass you got yourself a, a low-calorie root beer float and believe you me i need the low-calorie root beer floats these days anyway um back to business here it's our saturday morning cartoon we do it every saturday morning uh because cars and music go together so well so we uh, you know come up with a, a tune it's either written uh about cars or trucks or motorcycles or whatever. And, um, you know, something related to cars and we play it for you. So you'll have a little bit of real entertainment uh, in the show instead of just me. Anyway, uh, a lot of controversy this week uh, with Spotify. I don't know if you have Spotify on your phone, uh, but a lot of controversy because uh, Neil Young uh, decided, told Spotify that if you're going to run um, false uh, information about COVID and shows that uh, have false information about COVID, uh, please take my music off of Spotify. I have the right to do that. If you're going to do that, then I'm going to, uh, you're not going to play my music. And Spotify said, well, you know, we got a right to broadcast. We're not going to pull Joe Rogan off, uh, which is the talk show. Because they paid, I don't know, $100 million or some kind of astronomical figure to this guy who is, you know, one of these conspiracy theory guys. And But yet he's got a popular, you know, there's a lot of people that listen to it, which is probably why our country makes you scratch your head these days. But anyway, uh, so Neil said, nah, take my music off, uh, which I applaud him for. Uh, you know, it's weird. I didn't know how I felt about it at first because I don't like censorship of any kind. But I do think that when you're you're hurting the public safety, that that's a different story. Well, this morning, I guess I saw uh, a note that said that Joni Mitchell is also now taking her music off of Spotify. She's telling her record, get my get my stuff off of off of Spotify. So it looks like Neil Young may have started a trend. I don't know how far. They're going to get with it because uh, there's a lot of people. I was talking to uh, my buddy, Michael, yesterday, who I do the uh, show with the, during the week. And, you know, Michael said, listen, I got 19,000 songs in my Spotify list. I don't know. I'm not going to transfer them all over to Apple or, or some other thing. So I guess um, boycotting and protest only goes so far in this country. Uh, but be that as it may, I thought we'd honor Neil Young this morning by having a nerve to say, Take my uh, take my stuff off of Spotify. This is one from his early career uh, that uh, I've always loved. I love songs about motorcycles. So here is Neil Young's Motorcycle Mama. There you go, Neil Young and um, Motorcycle Mama. Uh, back uh, that that is that is probably your uh, prototypical. 70s 
rock and roll. Uh, would you say that, Nathan, if, if you were going to look for 70s rock and roll song, early to mid-70s rock and roll song, that's something that would, would come to mind right away? Yeah, it's got like that kind of bluesy backbeat to it that it was, those 70s uh, rock songs were really traditionally, you know, based upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, um, yeah, it just as a, it, it, you could almost look at, you know, you know, listen to that and see people in bell bottoms and uh, so on and so forth. You know, you, you can, it, it has that feeling to it, you know, uh, bell bottoms and flower child and incense and patchouli and eating rice out of a bowl with your fingers, you know, all that kind of great 70s hippie stuff. Well, I don't know about eating rice out of a bowl with your fingers, but, you know, some of it, some people did. All right, Neil Young right there with that. And we uh, appreciate uh, Neil and Joni Mitchell and what they're doing to uh, in this small way, some small way. I mean, I don't know if they suffer financially uh, by taking, you know, I, I read somewhere where Neil Young's wife said or, or somebody said that uh, – uh, their big check last year from Spotify was for like $3.28 in royalties. So, you know, uh, take from that what you will. Uh, so I don't know how much financially it's hurt, but it's a statement. And it uh, if it uh, forces other people to think about it, well, you know what? Then it's a good thing. All right. Uh, the car auction season is in uh, full tilt boogie in Arizona. And, uh, there are, uh, you know, thousands of people gather. This is, uh, this is the place you want to be if you are into cars, especially collector cars, classic cars, at, um, at, at, you know, and, and that whole scene where people buy these uh, different cars, uh, at, you know, for astronomical prices. And, uh, you know, Meekum is the big, uh, it's one of the big ones. Barrett Jackson is, um, uh, you know, another big one, maybe the biggest. Uh, this is out at, uh, out at um, Westworld in Scottsdale, Arizona. Anybody that have gone to spring training know where Westworld is. And it's um, the first, let's see, the Thursday, the top seller was a 2021 Ford Bronco, Bronco 66 first edition model that went for $500,000. Now it was, uh, it was donated by Ford Motor Company uh, to benefit the Pope Francis Center. So that was the high selling car on Thursday. Um, let's see, uh, the uh, 64 Ford GT40 Recreation Came in third at a $225,500 sale price. And then you had a Shelby Cobra, 65 Shelby Cobra for 280K. So um, the money, you know, for those who are saying that the, well, the economy is bad, well, I don't know. You know, look at what people are spending on these cars. You had a beautiful uh, 58 Chevy Cameo pickup, one for 88000 66 Chevy C10 pickup went for 89,000. 68 Chevy C10 went for 69. Uh, 79 GMC went for 77. A 55 Nomad, $106,000, almost 107. Barrett Jackson. And uh, let's see, uh, 70 Pontiac GTO went for 99. 69 Camaro SS custom convertible, 110,000. I sold one for 300 bucks to somebody back in probably about 1975 or something like that. No, a little later than that, 76. And uh, one of my favorites, the Judge, the GTO, the Pontiac GTO, the 69 Pontiac GTO, 106.7. So uh, the prices and the money is rolling down there. And as I said, you can check out uh, these auctions. Uh, Meekum, I know, is online. You can uh, look there. Uh, 
Barrett Jackson, I believe, is on cable on one of the cable channels, so you can or satellite channels, and you can check it out there. So you have, uh, uh, you know, even if you're not buying, but I, if you're a car person, and you ever get a chance to in your life, I totally suggest that you um, that you check. Go down there, spend a little time, especially if you're thinking of going down maybe to spring training some year. You want to get out of the, out of the muck and mire that's the weather here. Go down to Arizona, spend a little time down there, and uh, and, and walk through these places. Get a get a ticket uh, to go and walk through and see what they're uh, see what uh, some of these cars are going for. It's the world's greatest car show. I mean, it really is. I mean, you go through there and you just see pristine examples of uh, vehicles that uh, have been uh, worked on. And you know what? You see some that aren't so hot, but yet you see the money that they're going for. And because people now, uh, for many people, uh, this is no longer uh, a hobby. It's an investment. And they figure they're going to get rich off of these cars, which I kind of despise, but understand. Uh, if you can buy a car today for, I, I, I don't know, you know, what these cars, uh, you know, what the top of the market is for these cars, but the telephone numbers they're throwing around for them are crazy. Even adjusted for inflation, still crazy. But it's a fun thing to watch. And again, if you're a, a car person, it's really fun because you just, it takes you back. Uh, to so many cars in the past. And it also shows you that that car that you are saying to yourself, well, you know, one day I want to get one of those um, is attainable. If you got, you know, if you got the, the, the money and you want that car, uh, there are places that'll finance it for you and you can uh, go down there and bid on it. Uh, some of the crazy people that go down there and bid are really uh, are enjoyable to watch. You know, I mean, I mean, sometimes the bidders are more of a show than the cars. But there's, you know, there's people who got a lot of money to collect these things and uh, keep them in a garage. I, I think that's a shame. I think they're built to drive. I mean, if I go down and get a, 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 a 70 Pontiac GTO Ram Air convertible, uh, you can bet I'll be at uh, causing coffee or uh, at Dick's or, you know, at uh, several of the, whatever car shows are around uh, driving that thing. I'm going to spend that kind of money on that car, man. It's going to be on the road with me driving it. The people driving by waving and going, oh, God. That's, I mean, that's your sign. At the, I mean, you know, I've, I've owned enough cool cars like that to know what the feeling is like. And it's really a, a great, I mean, you want something for your ego. You want something to make your, uh, your, your heart feel good. Drive around in a car like that, man. People just like look and go, you know, they're, they're just, uh, it's just a great feeling. And, uh, you know, the pride of ownership of owning something like that, uh, that, uh, you know, maybe you pass it down to your, uh, somebody in your family. You know, your son, you go out with your son or your daughter on a Saturday afternoon and you ride him in that car and you, you go out to Triple X root beer or something and you hang out. It's a great thing. We're going to have to go out to Triple X when the uh, car show season gets started and do a, do a show from out there. Unfortunately, you know, on Saturday morning, I don't think at 8 o'clock, much is going on out there. But we'll go out one, um, one Sunday and uh, go out and have some fun out there and talk to people about uh, about their cars. Just the one thing I didn't do last week that I wanted to do a little bit more of is talk to some people about their cars. So we'll be back at Shoreline and talk to, uh, talk to uh, people about their cars and give you an idea about the, uh, the collective car hobby, which is uh, really going strong here in, uh, in Seattle. And it's environs. Um, lots of uh, groups. There's a whole big group out in Kitsap County that I keep track of on Facebook. Plenty of groups on Facebook. Speaking about Facebook, you can always find us, me personally, at uh, NY Vinny Ricci. And you can always find Drive Time Radio and TV 
and go there and like us. And all of these shows now, Mikey and me and everybody, they're all on YouTube. So you can uh, uh, dial up Golden V Media is uh, what they're under. Uh, but you can just search Mikey and Vinny or Drive Time Radio and TV, and you will find them. And we do a lot of cool YouTube stuff, including uh, our we're back doing our uh, farewell, fond farewell series, which is uh, me saying goodbye to uh, all these different cars. So a lot of uh, a lot of good and fun stuff there. All right. uh, Time now for the road test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. <laughs> Finally, I get to talk about this thing. I've been uh, loving making making. Uh, how do I uh, how do I explain this? this? This is the car I've waited for. This is the car that I've been advocating for. This is the car that I think is going to set the car business on its ear a little bit. I'm talking about uh, the 2022 Ford Maverick. First of all, it's not a car; it's a pickup truck. Uh, but it is a pickup truck that has been wanted by uh, people for the longest time. As a matter of fact, I, you know, much as the Volkswagen was hailed as the people's car, uh, you know, that's what it's named. The, the Ford Maverick is the people's pickup truck. It, it shows that. It takes you back to an era where pickup trucks weren't luxury cruises. They didn't have uh, uh, a gazillion pieces of equipment in them that could go wrong. They were basic trucks. And you got in one and you didn't have, I mean, okay, the Maverick has power windows and all the safety equipment, but you didn't, you, you got in a truck with your dad and, and there was, you know, it had a, it, a lot of trucks didn't even have radios in them. Or maybe you had an AM radio and that was it. And it was a basic, you know, padded dashboard and metal dashboard and and uh, a glove box. And it was comfortable. And it sat a little bit higher than maybe everything else on the road. And it had that six-foot bed in the back and an eight-foot bed in the back. And you felt good when you were driving in that truck. For a lot of people, they couldn't wait till their fathers handed them down that truck as their first car. That's what they took their road test in. But trucks have grown uh, much like uh, people in America have gotten fatter and uh, and, and more, you, you know, a lot of has a lot of stuff that they don't need, you know. And and so to get the uh, now people go out and they spend eighty, ninety, a hundred thousand dollars on a huge pickup truck that they can't park in the city. Uh, that uh, eats gas like a like a drunken sailor. That so now you have Ford uh, and Hyundai, which we uh, did the Santa Cruz earlier in uh, uh, last year, and now you have Ford with the Maverick. Now the Ford looks and acts and tastes more like a pickup truck than the Santa Cruz. The Santa Cruz is really an SUV with the back cut out and a pickup engine, but both of them accomplish the same thing. The Ford though does it takes it a step further with a $19,995 starting price, the Ford Maverick makes it attainable for almost everybody. Now, I'm not dumb enough to think that they're going to sell many at that price. But conceivably, when the initial rush to get these things is over and chips are flowing again and dealers aren't marking them up as they are, uh, if you want to drive a pickup truck, you will be able to buy a small, solid, functional, good, minimalist pickup truck for under $30,000. And, it, you know, it's not a bare bones. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Uh, from the outside, the thing that impressed me the most about it, I'm five, eight and a half. And I was standing up and I could look over the roof of the truck. Now, they've combined that with the ability to sit high inside the truck, which is a nice combination. Uh, it's very smartly styled. It looks like a Ford. Uh, it doesn't look as small as it, as it is. It looks bigger than it is, but 
with a, what is it, a four and a half foot bed um, and four doors. It looks bigger, but it's it's nicely, very nicely proportioned. Uh, you get in it, and the first thing you notice is that it's not the luxurious leather-bound interior that looks like sitting on a couch while you're driving down the street. This thing has a couple of bucket seats in it, a dial for the automatic transmission in the middle, and uh, some really uh, not basic-looking plastic interior parts. The door panels look to be um, some kind of recycled plastic. The um, There's neat little compartments for everything. Uh, from cell phone uh, and, uh, and uh, so on and so forth to your you know glove compartment, a center console compartment. But there's a lot of cubbies in this thing, a lot of places to store. Uh, what's really cool is the door panels open up and there's places to store not one, but two water bottles in the door. So they've tricked it out with a lot of different uh, things. And oh, I heard somebody complain about this. They, it's a, the real window opens, you know, it's got the sliding real window. And um, this person was upset because it didn't have an automatic, you know, a, a power sliding real window. I mean, you can't get your fat butt out of the uh, out of the truck and push the window back. Uh, come on. You know, we that, uh, have we gotten that lazy in life that everything has to be push button? Maybe that's why I look the way I do. Um, so as far as power, and towing power with this thing. The particular one that I had was a two-wheel drive. It was the XLT. And uh, with the EcoBoost engine, it also comes in a hybrid. The EcoBoost, two-point liter, 250 horsepower, made it to an eight-speed automatic transmission. And uh, with the front-wheel drive, it handled great. It get the Maverick up to 60 miles per hour like that. Very confident feeling. Uh, the gas mileage on this thing, 2330 uh, City Highway, when you have the front wheel drive. Uh, it's not as good as uh, the hybrid, but it, for a pickup truck, it's good. Uh, the tailgate, another thing I love about this thing, you drop the tailgate, you don't need a ladder to get into the bed. You can actually reach into the bed. You can jump up and sit your butt on the bed. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of Drive Time. Radio, we thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Nathan, who put uh, helps put the show together and keeps me on track all week. Thank you, of course, to uh, George Jackson, who helps sponsor this show, to my good friend Keith, uh, who also sponsors the show in American Graphics, and to all of you that listen. Find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, and hang out with us every Saturday morning when we are here from 8 to 9 on 1150 KKNW, if the Lord's willing, and the creek don't rise. Have a good week.